Hi, and welcome to Kilted in Iowa. This is Lord Nathan Cooler coming at you today. Now, today I just wanted to do, uh, I just wanted to throw out a real quick reading of a Robert Burns poem I'm particularly fond of, and I don't get to read it very often. So I wanted to record it for you today, and it's called Address to the Devil. And I don't know when this one was written. Uh, you know, he pumped out so many uh, in such short a time that uh, it's just it's truly overwhelming uh, to actually put a date to a lot of these things. Mostly they go by for when they were actually published. And some of these were actually published well after his death. So I'm not really sure where they're all written. But here is Address to the Devil. O thou, whatever titled suit thee, old horny Satan, Nick or Clutie, what in yon cavern, grim and sooty, closed under hatches, sparages about the Bernston cootie to scold poor wretches? Hear me, old hangy, for a wee, and let poor damned bodies be, I'm sure it's my pleasure it can gee in to a devil. To scalp and scald poor dogs like me and hear us squeal. Long syne in Eden's bony yard when youthful lovers first were prepared and all the soul of love they shared the raptured hour. Sweet on fragrance, flowery sweared and shady bower. Then you, you old snick-throwing dog, you came to paradise in cog and played on man a cursed brogue and guide the infant ward a shog Mr. Runda died mind that day when in a baze we reeky dudes and recit jizz we did present your smulty face mang better folk and skelted in the man of ooze you spiteful joke and how ye got him, ye your thrall, and brack him out on house and hall, while scabs and blotches did him go with better claw. And loud his ill-tongued wicked skull was worst ever. But eh, your doings are to rehearse your wily snares and fetching fears. Sin that may, Michael, did you pass down into this time? Wed ding lillin tongue or erse to prose or rhyme. And now, old clutes, I ken you're thinking a certain birdie's rentin' drinking. Some luckless hour will send him Lincoln to your black pit. But faith, he'll turn the corner jinkin' and cheat you yet. But fare ye will, old Nicky Bain, or wad ye take a thought of men? Ya ambulance might, I didn't a ken, still ha a stake. I'm waiting to think upon your den, even for your own sake. That is Robert Burns' address to the dill. And for an interpretation in English English instead of the God's own Scots, well then, for that you'll have to find a better man than I. This has been a Robert Burns reading by Lord Nathan Cooler. Get kilted! <laughs>
hello and welcome to Kilted in Iowa! It is I, Lord Nathan Cooler, talking to you today on a very special day. It is the 6th of April in the year 2020. We are celebrating the 700th anniversary of the signing and sending of the Declaration of Arbroath, also known as Scottish Independence Day. Now, you might not have heard of Scottish Independence Day because, well, you know, Scotland's part of Great Britain, right? Well, let me throw a little bit of history knowledge on you here real quick. Uh, this declaration was written, get this, in the year of 1320 on April 6th, right? And it was written in Latin, so obviously I'm not going to read you the original because you won't understand it. And I'll probably mess up enough words that you wouldn't understand that even if you did speak Latin. But it was sealed by eight earls and about 40 barons of Scotland. Now, over the century, various copies and translations have been made, including, uh, you know, a microscopic edition and whatnot. But the Declaration was written during the Long War of Independence with England, which started with, of all people, Edward I and his attempt to conquer, conquer Scotland in uh, 1296. Now, when the deaths of Alexander III and his granddaughter Margaret, maid of Norway, left Scotland, they left without a monarch. So Edward used this invitation to help choose a successor as an excuse to revive English claims over lordship of Scotland. And that's when the Scots resisted. And then he invaded. Right? So here's the thing. Edward refused to allow William Wallace's victory at Stirling Bridge in 1297 to derail his campaign to take Scotland for his own self and for England. In 1306, Robert the Bruce seized the throne of Scotland and began a long struggle to secure his position against internal and external threats. And I will say straight off, he kind of was a bugger about it, but you know, he had to fight Scots and the English and the Irish to gain the bloody throne, let alone actually assemble anything recalling, a, a, you know, a resistance force. However, his success at Bannockburn in the year 1314, when he defeated an English army under Edward II, was a huge, not nah, a major achievement, but the English still did not recognize Scotland independence or Bruce's position as King of Scotland. So, here you go. They're trying to figure out how to make these bastards to the south recognize them as a sovereign nation, right? And on the European front, by 1320, Scottish relations with the papacy were in crisis after the Scots defied papal efforts to establish a truce with England. We didn't want a truce. We didn't want to be part of their country. We wanted to be a sovereign nation, right? So fuck that. Pope or no Pope, right? So when the Pope excommunicated Robert I and three of his barons, the Scots sent the Declaration of Arbroath as part of a diplomatic counteroffensive. Now the Pope wrote to Edward II urging him to make peace, but it was not until 1328 that Scotland's independence was actually acknowledged. Now... There are a few quotes that are out of this paper, and I will say that as I've read it a few times, and I had to reread it here briefly, there are, there are a few lines of text out of here that are at the core 
of Scotland, in Scotland today, and they are actually rallying craze. And you'll see these on nationalistic shirts and, and whatnot. And and I, I hold them true and deep and close to my heart. Uh, and there's a, a, a lot of musicians out there uh, that speak of nationality and uh, are for it, um, not so much as to stick it to the English, but because they, they crave being able to direct their own destiny as a country and the pride that brings and they're still not able to do it and it's because the country itself is still too splintered uh, and, and they're scared and in the times that we're living in what's not to be scared of but if you don't think that it was more terrifying to live back in the 1300s and the late 1200s then you'd be fooling yourself so a few words from the Declaration of Independence. As long as but a hundred of us remain alive, never will we on any conditions be brought under English rule. It is in truth not for glory, nor for riches, and nor for honours that we are fighting, but for freedom, and for that alone which no honest man gives up but with life itself. Now, if that doesn't, that doesn't strike at the core of uh, an independence fighter, of someone who is willing to die to help keep his kin free, from unfair oppression. I mean, it's no wonder that they turned around and and fought for every inch that England could handle, you know, and, and they still ended up losing their sovereignty and, and the backbreaking that that happened. There's no wonder that when the Americas were being settled, that they were being settled so much by Scots. You know, I mean, share, there's lots of stories and there's lots of things. um, But when you look at shipping records and families who wholesale up and moved, you know, you're looking at a, a, a country moving to a new country or near on half of a country moving to a new country. You know, we always joked about, you know, being Americans and... You know, give us your tired, your sick, your hungry, and your poor. Well, it wasn't about giving to us. I mean, that's who was showing up. But then they turn around, and that's who beat the English. That's who freed the colonies from England. It was all of the people that England feared gathering under one place and being able to feed themselves so they could be strong and able to become a community so that they could learn and move forward. And the Declaration of Arborth is a foreboding piece of paper that says this is not just words, but these are actions. And since we could not make it happen in our wonderful country of Scotland, when America became free, that was a part of Scotland becoming a bit free as well. 
And you think on that for it, you know. That's pretty. That's pretty deep. It's pretty intense, you know. And I talk about it every once in a while. A few, uh, you know, f- a few folks that I know that live in Scotland and and some that are from there that are now living in America. And you know, they don't. It's not something they talk on every day. You know, it's not something that comes up every day. Um, but you know, it's politics, right? And. You know, America has fought one civil war. And and actually, you know, you could say even that the civil war continued with the war on the Native Americans. You know, that was a civil war. That was a group of people who were here first. You know? So anyway, the Treaty of Arbroath, the Declaration of Independence, from of Scotland from England was them telling the pope that no matter what we will not be brought under English rule and and eventually they were eventually they broke the spirit of the Scots but not not to a man you know but to enough people that they just wanted to live in peace without bloodshed. And I think that in our core, we can all embrace that feeling. You can only fight for so many hundreds of years before you're just tired of it. Anyway, Salanchima. Hey, hello and welcome to Kilted in Iowa. It is I, Lord Nathan Cooler, coming at you today. Now, I wanted to throw out some things. I actually had someone send me a link to a hundred different questions that they thought they would be fun if I answered. Now, here's the here's the thing. Uh, I don't like doing that, but uh, you know, like I said, if you request, I'll do. So basically, I'm going to have to read these questions. Now, I'm not all going to read them all, but, you know, I've already skimmed through them here a bit, and we'll get through a fair bit of them. Um, But I just wanted to throw this out, you know. Okay, so let's just get started and, uh, you know, see what happens. And this actually gave me an idea that when I start having people on as guests, I'm not going to, I'm going to probably, you know, end up asking them kinds of questions like this. You know, but I'll put my own twist on them. But these I will read straight off. So they won't be quite as fun as Lord Cooler questions might be. So, <clears throat> here we go. Personal questions. Right? Um, here we go. Okay. So, what is something you have never done but would like to try to do? Uh, one thing I've never done that I would like to try to do uh, would be to live in another country. Great. That, that was pretty easy. Okay, number two. What is something you've tried but would never do again? Well, I would say I will never try tofu again in my life. Ever. I don't care what you season it with. I'm not going to fucking eat it. It's fucking... It's, it should be called to-poop. Okay, all right. Question three. Are you a hoarder or a saver? I am a saver, but... Uh, um. You know, 
it's kind of one of those things that, you know, I, I live on four acres and we've got a bunch of outbuildings. So, you know, we, we try and keep what we have to and uh, get rid of what we don't want. I'd, I'd actually say I'm actually very Spartan in how I would uh, not only decorate, but, you know, I'm furniture. I have more furniture now than I ever thought I would. And I love my wife. And so I would like to have her sitting on comfortable things. All right. Um, are you usually early, late, or on time? Uh, my wife and I are, are almost always early. Uh, if it's if it's anything other than early, something happened. All right. What is your best skill or talent? Well, it depends on uh, it depends on the situation. Um, I would say overall, uh, my best skill or talent would be the ability to you know. Work with my hands in, in just about anything. Uh, you know, I, I pick things up rather quickly and I'm able to replicate it. So I'd say that because it pertains in such a wide range of things that I love to do. What do you like least about living in a city or town? Um, I like to pee outdoors, you know. I like to go wee outdoors. And, you know, whether or not my neighbor's there to see me, that's their fault. You know, I figure if they've got a problem with it, that's their problem, not mine. So I would say that would what I at least like about living in a, a town again. Uh, you know, I've done that and, you know, I just, yeah, you'll just let her go, man. It's natural, right? Uh, what do you like most about living in a city or town? Uh, one of the things I like the most uh, is the... It's easy to find cultural events like, you know, great music and or, you know, good theater, uh, that kind of thing. Um, we definitely miss that living out in the middle of nowhere. So that's why we're so entertaining to ourselves. All right. Next, do you usually break the rules or follow them? Hell, I break the rules of physics regularly. So I'm saying I'm a rule breaker, not a rule follower. All right. Um, are you a leader or a follower? And I'll tell you this. I, I'm a leader, but I will follow the right person to the ends of the world. But not just anyone. All right. Do you wake up by yourself to an alarm, music, or have someone else wake you up? Well, I have an alarm wake me up, but sometimes my wife does because I snort her face. You know, <laughs> it just depends. But I'd say 90% of the time I'm waking up to an alarm. Are you more of a spontaneous person or a structured person? Well, I would say that I'm a spontaneous person who works well in structured situations. There you go. How would you and your friends and family describe you? Uh, loud, kilted, and fun. There you go. <clears throat> How have your goals changed as you've gotten older? Uh, I've been able to click them off as instead of put them off. So that's that's definitely has changed. Um, yeah, life goals uh, have almost all been achieved at this point. So, you know, really, it's just having fun and uh, trying to, you know, create fun and a loving place for all my friends and my, my family. Uh, describe your dream house to me. Uh, well, it would be found in Scotland. And if I had my way, it would be a geo home where 80% of it is probably built down into the ground. 
but the entire primary floor on top would be exposed to the weather and sunshine and whatnot. So basically, you're just laying. You could lay on your living room floor and watch the the uh, clouds scud by, and uh, you know, and when the when the stars come out and the moon's about, you know, you can just watch it, you know. And then also, you know, when there's sun, it'll cook you. <laughs> you know, that would be great for my wife. She like likes to get uh, get her sunshine on me. All right. Um, what is the best thing to do on a hot summer day? Uh, I'm going to say the best thing that I will do on a hot summer day is have an adventure that involves hiking, crossing water at some point, and hiding from the sun in the shade of great beautiful trees. That is the best thing for me to do on a hot summer day. What is the best thing for me to do on a cold winter day? Uh, it pretty much goes the same way where you're going to go on a hike and cross some water and, uh, you know, sit under trees uh, and basically that yeah, same thing, but dress different, right? What is your favorite smell? You know, uh, just one of my f smells are so uh, tied to memory that I think my current favorite smell is a peat fire. And I've only smelled those in Scotland, so there you go. Uh, let's see. Do you prefer to receive money or get an actual gift? Oh, okay, I got you. So I don't want, you know, I don't want, uh, you know, it, I get it people who, you know, as you're growing up and whatnot, they have no idea because they're not around you, so they give you money, right? Or gift cards, you know, they want you to go to a place and get things, right? Um but I think most people are going to actually like the actual gift because you're going through a process to try and learn something about you, you know, and give you something that might be personal between you instead of something that's just a monetary uh, donation to your happiness. But that's just me. All right. What's your favorite day of the year? You know, I've got several favorite days of the year now. Um, but I think my favorite day of the year is usually my wedding anniversary. Um, and it's usually because, you know, it's it's in the fall. Uh, and uh, so many fun memories are happening over and on that time of the year. Um, so I, w I would say... September 22nd, right, and then uh, I, uh, Irish Fest that happens in Waterloo, Iowa is usually also, well, that's actually 3.5 days for us, but that's, when that happens, that's my favorite day, all three of those days. So wedding first, wedding day first, anniversary first, you know, uh, and then, you know, Irish Fest, and I can remember most of it. Okay, uh, do you wear slippers at home? Hey, that's easy. Okay, do you remember the last dream you had? Okay, no shit. So the last dream I had, um, I was actually chasing someone through the forest and I, I had a sword, right, and a busted shield and I wasn't wearing a whole lot of clothes and, and I wasn't really actually wearing shoes either. 
and there was uh, several people with me and we were doing a thing where we were running down a group of people and I, I don't know why, uh, you know, and I was cut and bleeding. So some battle had already happened and, you know, I was still alive and kicking. So I guess um, I, I, I have a lot of fighting dreams like that. But that's one that happens regularly. And I had that last night. That was crazy. Okay. Have you changed since you were a kid? Not really. <laughs> I mean, I got larger. And, uh, you know, hair grows in different places now. But, I, you know, I think people who only knew me as a child would probably know me fairly, fairly easy now. Uh, do you untie your sneakers before taking them off? Uh, not my sneakers, no. Um... But I will and I do untie my boots and I wear boots a fair bit of time. So I'd say I'm about 50% on taking, uh, untying shoes before taking them off. Okay. Uh, let's see. Hypothetical questions. Oh, you know what? No, let's, what, what can we come back to that? Okay. Past. All right. There's only three questions in the past. Okay. Did you have any nicknames growing up? Yes, I had several. Okay, what's the worst injury you've had? Uh, okay, so the worst injury I've ever had injury, uh, you know, is probably, it's, it's probably actually going to be a, uh, a concussion, even though it wasn't the most painful thing I had. Um, and it was actually when I was snowboarding, uh, so yeah, that, that's, that's probably the worst injury I've had was concussion snowboarding because it changed a lot of things for me. Uh, what jobs have you worked at? <laughs> no, not going to answer that one. There, there's a, there's like, I've got like 25 jobs I've worked at. We're not going to go through that list. Let's just say it's been a lot. I've done a lot of things. Okay. Um, Let's do food. All right. What is your favorite comfort food? Pudding. There you go. Uh, do you prefer to eat at home or eat out? I prefer to eat at home, actually. You know, I know a good cook or two. Um, what food do you like to snack on? Uh, well, you know, I mean, geez, that's, that's really brutal tough then. Um, uh, I like to snack on uh, like meat sticks, beef sticks, something like that. Um, but I'm also pretty fond of of snacking on whatever. But if I if I choose, it would be beef jerky or beef sticks. There, eh? Uh, what's your favorite dessert? Um, my wife makes these, uh, molasses cookies that I would fucking murder someone to have right now, straight up. So just so you know, you know, watch out. Those are my molasses cookies, motherfucker. All right. Do you prefer sweet or salty snacks? I prefer salty ones, actually. Yeah, I mean, I got quite a sweet tooth, but that's not what I want a snack on. If someone you were trying to impress was coming over to your home for dinner, what would you make them? Well, I would decide if they were, if they were from the Midwest, I might make them something not from the Midwest. Um, but it also depends on the season and, and whatnot. Uh, if it's chilly outside, then I'm going to make my own fiery chili. 
I do like my chilly hot. I do want it to make you sweat later or, you know, right on the mat. Um, but if they're not from Iowa, uh, and I've had a lot of guests not from Iowa, um, I usually like to do I Iowa pork chops. And, uh, I, you know, I've got a particular way of making them. And if you've ever had them, well, you're fucking welcome because they're amazing. All right. What was your worst restaurant experience? Um, as someone who has worked in the restaurant industry, it is unfair for me to actually answer this question uh, as, as someone who visited a, in a restaurant. So I will say my personal restaurant worst experience was, um, yeah, um, let's say uh, dealing with drunk bastards who only are there to get hammered and fight and insult and hurt people. And then I got a knife stuck in my shoulder. <laughs> that would be it. All right, what's your favorite non-alcoholic drink? Um, I would have to say my favorite non-alcoholic drink is water. I know it sounds boring, but fuck you. Um, how important is the decor of a restaurant to you? Um, I don't want it. I, I want the place to be clean. I want the people there to be proud of it. What it is should come clear through what the decor is. Uh, you know, so if you've got a very particular type of restaurant, I think it should be reflected in how you fucking decorate it. Okay, three more, and then I'm done. I swear to God. All right, what type of movies do you like to watch? Yes, I like to watch things that are scary. I don't. I like to watch things that are action. I like to watch comedies. I like to watch movies because they're a lot like whiskey. You know, there isn't a bad one. There's just ones that aren't suited to you. You know, and so I will watch movies that are, people think are fucking terrible and I'll love them because they're fucking terrible. But I love that about them, you know, and I like watching movies that are just slow and dumb. So, I mean, you could be like, well, there's an hour and 40 minutes of my life I'll never get back. But at the same time, you take away an experience and you're like, well, now I know that that is something that you don't do twice. There you go. All right. Would you rather watch? Or play sports. I would rather play sports. Fuck you for watching it. Alright. What do you listen... What do you use to listen to music? What do you use? I use my ears and my soul to listen to music. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Alright. Well, that's just a few uh, stupid questions I wanted to record to kind of get this out today. Um, and again, this is uh, April the 6th. In the year 2020, happy Arbroath Day, Alba Gobra.